Happy to eat popcorn when I throw it to him. Excellent. I'd be happy to eat popcorn if someone was throwing it at me too. Hang on, hang on. There you go, how's that? Perfect, thanks. <laughs> but is it salted or sweet? That is the question. It's a mixture of salt and sweet. Oh no, that's a bad, bad egg. Why? Welcome to the 40 Fit and Fabulous podcast. Join your host, Mark Slight, as he gets the best information, inspiration, help, and advice from the world's best athletes, performance coaches, and health experts so that you can look, move, and feel your best at 40 and beyond. Remember, it's never too late to live the life of your dreams. Now here's your host, Mark Slight. Hey, welcome back. Episode number 32 of the 40 Fit and Fabulous podcast. And we're back today with Kirsten Davis from The Food Remedy. I said at the end of episode 31 that it's quite a relaxed podcast. I, I, although there's a lot of information and, and a lot of takeaways from our podcast, I believe this is a really relaxed couple of episodes. And I really hope that comes across on the podcast. It's obviously different for us recording. We, we can see the smiles. We can, we can see the laughter and the humor. Hopefully that's coming across on the audio as well. Because at the start of this episode, you're really going to get to know... Your two, your two guests. You're going to get to know me and Kirsten really well. We have a good chat at the start of this about, um, about our dogs and what we feed our dogs. Don't let me put you off the podcast, but it's just it's just a real way to, to get to know two people, you know, two coaches. What are we really like off air? What are we really like when we're away from the business? What do we do? Staying on that theme, we're also going to talk a little bit about what we do away from the podcast ourselves. So how do we eat? How do nutritionists eat? I'm going to tell you here at the start that I love cakes and I'm, I make no secret of that. I have cake every other day at least because my, my diet, I believe, is so good for the rest of the time. Why on earth would I want to go through life without eating cake? Okay, and Kirsten quizzes me on this a little bit in the podcast as well. And as you've guessed from the very the, the snippet at the very start, yeah, we I was feeding Oscar popcorn. Um, he loves a bit of popcorn. I love a bit of popcorn. So while he was sitting there being good for the podcast, I was throwing him some popcorn. Tried to be a bit clever on the video and throwing some at the camera for Kirsten as well. Um, obviously, that doesn't come across on the audio, but... But we had a good time doing that anyway. We're also going to touch on in this episode about some negative self-talk, why that is so important and why we need to banish that from our lives. What is selfishness? What is it to you? What is it to me? What is it to Kirsten? I'm sure we've all got different opinions, but we're, we're going to clarify what we believe selfishness to be in this episode. And then for the last 10 minutes of this episode, we're going to talk about relationships. It's something that we've talked about since we've connected on the podcast quite a bit over the last couple of weeks. And we both say that although people want want to lose weight and they come to us for maybe food plans, nutritionist, nutritional advice, underneath the skin of it, a lot of the problems comes down to relationships. Whether that be the relationship with your partner, work colleagues, family, maybe your parents when you when you've been brought up, or even just the relationship with yourself, relationships are a massive, massive factor. And we talk about knowing your own self-worth in a relationship, why you shouldn't tie your happiness to the partner in a relationship. And ultimately, again, going back to the selfishness, why it's important to put yourself first in a relationship. So that, that's going to take up a, a large chunk of part two here. But it's so important for so, so many people. So if you've got any relationship problems, stay tuned. It's coming up in the second half of this podcast. So let's get straight into it then. Um, we're going to start by talking about our dogs and what we feed our dogs. And we're going to mess around a bit for the first few minutes. So bear with us. This is part two with Kirsten and episode number 32 of the 40 Fit and Fabulous podcast. Grab your cup of tea, sit back and enjoy. 
Hey Kirsten, welcome back. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. I'm I'm full of all the joys of spring today. Or summer should it be? So summer, yeah, that's that's, that's the one of a season out standard. <laughs> but you're in a good mood anyway, so I'm in a very happy mood. Thank you. Magic. Uh, I want to tell you back just to we're talking about diet at the end of part one. Um yes. and, and I'm sure you get this a lot. Um I, I'm a I'm a bit of a cake fan. Okay, so I don't have I'm not into chips and pizzas and stuff particularly, but cake, I could, I could eat cake every day. Okay, um, here. Sorry? Is it cheesecake? Is it Battenberg cake? Come on now, give me specifics. Um, any really. <laughs> um, yeah, bat- Battenberg cake I've had a few of recently. Cheesecake, cheesecakes are always good. That's always welcome in everyone's life. Um, okay. Just sponge cakes, really. Just, yeah, like, like birthday cake, cakes. Okay. So I... I've actually deviated right at the start of the podcast, but <laughs> Oscar, Oscar was ill recently. And the only way I could get him to eat his tablets was, you know, like the Mr. Kipling cake slices. <laughs> he would, he would eat, like you'd have to jam the pill in like half of that and he'd eat that because he doesn't chew it. He just swallows it. And then I would, I would eat the other half. So I got a bit of a taste for like Kipling bake off slices and stuff like that. So, for 10, 10 days. I sometimes think that my dog um, eats better than some people because my, I, I give my dog those trays where she has like um, grain-free duck with potatoes and vegetables or whatever it is. And I'm just like, I look at it sometimes and think, am I completely lost the plot? I'm buying my dog these ridiculously expensive meals. Um, but yeah, um, what, what I feed my dog um, tablets in is this chicken slices the really like it's like a pound for a packet and i just roll it up and kind of like squidge it in she loves it like that oh right that's cool Sorry. No, he doesn't chip and cakes he'd eat, he'd eat the chicken and leave the leave the um leave the tablet but i'm glad you said about feeding your dog because sometimes i think i could post my dog's food i i eat mainly during the week i'll eat rice chicken and veg uh rice chicken rice fish and veg and i'll generally do like one portion for me one portion for oscar <laughs> and it, that's, that's what he has like he has like salmon rice and veg and stuff and if yeah. i have like like curried rice and stuff with turmeric he'll have the same and yeah i could i could post his dinner and say oh, it's a nice healthy dinner there and people would think it's mine but it's actually it's actually <laughs> and poppy loves um scrambled egg if i make scrambled egg in the morning she will not leave my side unless i've given her some she just automatically thinks it's for her and egg fried rice oh, is one of my favorite foods and one of Poppy's favourite foods. I talk about her like she's a person, don't I? Well, I'm, I'm doing the same. So for people who maybe haven't listened to part one yet, you're, you're sitting in Wales and you've got Poppy, a two-year-old female golden retriever. And, and I'm sitting here on my own in Milton Keynes with Oscar, a seven-year-old male golden retriever. <laughs> We've established in part one that he's asleep, chilling out like any good man would this time of day. And Poppy's sitting there whining, craving attention. <laughs> But we're not we're not saying that dogs are like their owners or anything like that. So. <laughs> I'm glad you reiterated that point. Yeah, just give it in. I'll, I'll cut it from the final edit. It's fine. Um, <laughs> going back to diet then, and how I started this off like four or five minutes ago. I, I eat cake. Um, we all like nice food. We're not just because we're nutritionists and stuff. We're not just living off salads and and nuts and seeds. We like nice food. But do you ever get this thing where people come up to you and say, why are you eating that? You're a nutritionist. You shouldn't be eating that ice cream and you shouldn't have that bag of crisps. And All the time, all the time. And I just think I'm so bored of that conversation now. You know, I went out for food with two friends. We were on our way to a hen, uh, 
hen weekend or wedding I can't remember which one it was and um one of these women was following can I say what diet she was following Go for it, yeah. yeah she was following slimming world diet um you know it was fine whatever um and I ordered southern fried chicken in Harvester and I had sweet potato fries and I had a salad and she was like do you really think that that that's a good example for a nutritionist to eat and I was like I'm in Harvester like I a I don't really eat food out very often um b I'm really not worried about what I eat when I eat out because I eat out so infrequently and I don't judge myself by the food I eat like I think there's this ridiculous thing that like oh must eat clean like it's not going to make you a holier than holier person like the food you eat is just the food you eat it's just like the clothes you wear it doesn't make you a, a better person if your shoes are Prada not Primark it's just like the food you eat of course it does impact your biochemistry but on the grand scheme of things like just everyone needs to relax a little bit I feel yeah they do I, I always give my clients like a percentage thing so if you can eat well 80 90 percent of the time it gives you that allowance to go out and enjoy your food with your friends go out have a nice birthday meal have a bit of cake have an ice cream you shouldn't go out on a sunny day on on a date on a sunday afternoon and think they'll offer to buy you an ice cream and you go oh, i shouldn't really be having an ice cream or i'll just i'll just have a little bit of yours because i'm on a diet what kind That's of life is that to food. Do not share food. Did I even say that in English? I do not share food. I'm a bit like Joey from uh, Friends. <laughs> Don't share food. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, you eat, most people eat three meals a day. That's 21 meals a week. If you're going to have one meal out or whatever, just enjoy it. Like, don't worry about it. It's, it's what you do most of the time, not what you do infrequently. And so many, it's like Christmas time. When it comes up to Christmas, everyone really panics what they eat between, um, you know, <clears throat> Christmas and New Year. And actually, I think it should be the other way around. People should worry about what they eat from New Year to Christmas and then Christmas to New Year. Relax. It's a week. I, I do. I'm, I'm not bothered particularly what I eat between Christmas and New Year. I try and be as active as possible, but I'm not sweating about it. I'm not worrying about it. And if I go around someone's house and there's a tub of Pringles, I love some Pringles. You know, it's not... I'm not bothered because I know that most of the time I'm yeah. doing very well. And, and I think it comes down to brings me loosely into our next thing, which is like the mindset and, and the way we talk to ourselves, but it's so damaging how we talk to each other and how we talk to ourselves. And that conversation you have with yourself where I can't have this, I'm going to put on a pound and there's no way in the world four or five Pringles is going to put on a pound next week when you jump on the slimming world scale. It's not possible, but they, they could make you really happy at that moment that you're sharing some crisps, around your family's house at Christmas or something. You don't want to be sitting there thinking, oh, I'm on a calorie restriction. I've got to be careful of this, that, and the other. So how damaging is it, the self-talk that we, we give ourselves? I with? think it, it, this, is, this is one of the things I do with my clients. I get them to keep a thought diary because I think it's until you, until you really are mindful or aware of how you're talking to yourself, you, can't make, you sometimes can't make the progress because you're constantly sabotaging yourself. So it is, it's so important how you talk to yourself. Like sometimes the way that we talk to ourselves is, is just absolutely horrific. I know that no one can ever say anything to me worse than what I've said to myself. Like I know I can be harsher on myself than anyone in the world could ever be because I do have that side of me, but I'm aware of it now. And I really work hard on my mindset to program myself to, you know, really feed my thoughts. And when I am being nasty, I'm like, oh my God, would you say that to someone else? Absolutely not. So have that compassion for yourself and don't say those things because 
don't like look for things that mean that it's not true just because you think something doesn't make it fact thoughts aren't fact thought thought thoughts aren't and it's again it's a bit like beliefs beliefs aren't aren't necessarily true you can have a belief that oh my god if i eat that piece of cake i'm gonna gain four pounds doesn't make it fact doesn't make it true if you eat that piece of cake you might not impact your weight at all if you do all the other things correct so it's yeah it's being really conscious of how you program in your mind and the thoughts that you're thinking and what you're feeding yourself with you know mentally as well as physically yeah and i think even with all the best self-care practices in the world the mindfulness the meditation the the gratitude self-love we still talk a bit of crap to ourselves a lot of the time um even with us with the best will in the world with all these self self-love practices we still do it and I think if we mic'd ourselves up and put speakers on us and walk down the street, we'd probably get locked up for some of the things we're saying. Yeah, um, of, course, of course. So imagine what some, some people without these practices are doing and, and they are depressed, they are sad, they are miserable. Just, you, you know yourself how, how negative that self-talk is and how damaging that is as well. Because thoughts and beliefs aren't necessarily fact, but when we come on to manifestation, if you're walking around in a negative vibe all the time, negative space, that is going to be your outlook on life. And generally that's going to be what you draw in as well. Do you think? Of course. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, of course. I think that, you know, the, the what you speak to yourself and what you say to yourself really matters because that's going to set the tone for everything else. If you believe that it's not possible, you're not going to even look for the prospect that it could be possible. So you're automatically limiting yourself or shutting yourself off to things that could be amazing. And it's just a small shift in perception. So, um, I'm not sure if you've studied the course in miracles where it's you have a there's a, you can have a shift in perception at any time we can the miracle is to step out of fear and into love have you heard about that have you I've, sure I've heard you. touches of it I've not studied a lot of it but I've, I've heard other people talk about it yeah so it's about what are we focusing on what are we feeding are we feeding the fear or are we feeding a love are we coming from a place of of hope and and love and that's that little small shift can have such an absolutely dramatic difference. We all know about energy, whether we know it really or know it, we know it because we know when energy is not working because we get really pissed off when the Wi-Fi is not connecting. It's all energy. When the microwave doesn't ping, it's all energy. We're all energy. And our vibe is we attract what we are. We don't attract what we want. We attract what we are. And that having that slight shift in energy is going to bring about the most phenomenal changes. And I don't even really know how to articulate it, but I know that I have manifested or created the most amazing things just by having a vision, a belief. And that vision and belief has allowed me to have actions that have propelled me forward in a way that maybe wouldn't have if I'd have not had the vision. Yeah. Yeah, but start from the energy, which start, starts from the thought, which starts from being more open, I guess. Yeah, sorry, I took a mouthful of coffee there as I was. Still... <laughs> okay. um, yeah, the energy. I a lot of my clients now are coming to me with, as we said in part one, they come with wanting weight loss. They come with all these ideas of what they want, but really, there's something else at the core of it. A lot of it is relationship issues. Um, yeah. I've had people come to me that. They haven't spoke to their husband for six months or they've not had sex in their relationship for three years or all these different things. And that's an energy. It's about how you show up because apart from, apart from a few nut jobs in the world, most of us are good people deep down. Um, 
if you take take away people like Hitler and Harold Shipman, most of us are good people. So we've got this goodness inside us that wants to come out, but we're too busy trying to please someone else, which too busy trying to please the spouse and be that person they want us, want us to be. And then we can't be ourselves. You just said it there, you can't be your authentic self. And being your authentic self and showing up as your authentic self, being that person with the love and the abundance and the energy changes the relationship then with everyone else around you. Of course. Yeah, completely. I agree. But people don't see that. They, they think, oh, I must please that person. I must do this to please that person. Well, actually, if you pleased yourself and you showed up as a, as a higher power, if you like, more energy, more positive, more love, that then changes the relationship. Yes, I just, yeah, this is so true. And I think that people, the best thing that you can do for anyone else is to love yourself. It's not selfish because when you look after yourself, your cup is overflowing with love. When you come from a full place, you're not. And I think lots of people do go into relationships kind of like on this currency, like give, get what thing. So a woman may want security or whatever. And a man may want sex or I'm not saying these are the things that people go into relationships wanting. But I think if you go into a relationship full and you go into a relationship from a place where your life is great and you just want to share that with someone, you're going to have a much healthier relationship than going into a relationship looking for someone else to fulfill you. Ultimately, that job is way too big for anyone else to ever hold. You can't, you can't hand over your, your self-love or your happiness to someone else. And I think this is something that people do without even becoming conscious of it. And they're like, he made me feel unhappy. I feel that he did this. And it's like, okay, I can kind of understand that for a while, but there comes a place when you have to take responsibility for your own actions and you can choose how you respond to any given situation and you can choose what you bring to that and how you perceive it so for example in my previous relationship I blamed my ex for making me really unhappy and I thought that by doing what he wanted it would ultimately bring me this you know make me happy what I realized is when you sacrifice some part of yourself that's not authentic yeah it's just a slide and slope to misery really because you can't ever sacrifice something of yourself to get someone else to love you because that's just it just doesn't work you have to you have to be full yourself and when you're full yourself that's when you can be in the best relationship because you're loving yourself and it's overflowing. It's not self-sacrificing, if that makes sense. It is. You, you've put that in such a, such a better way that I've just got down here, be a happy single. And it's about, <laughs> you just, you just expanded on that so well, but yeah, exactly, exactly that. If, if you rely on someone else for your happiness, what happens when that person leaves? What happens when it goes pear shaped? Your happiness goes with it. And then you, <clears throat> right, you know, no. done that, got the t-shirt, written the film, could have written a book, done several talks on it. <laughs> Doesn't work. No, you're not the only one. So I've, I find it quite ironic at times that I'm giving relationship advice, given my own history. But it's, it's very true to, to be that happy person, first of all. No relationship is easy to get over if it breaks up. But if at your core you're a happy person and you're, you're happy with your own person, it does make it a little bit easier than if, if all your happiness has just suddenly walked out the door. Yeah, of course. And I think that so many of us become so, so many of us live in a codependent state and we aren't even, con when we, we're not even conscious of it. So codependency is relying on someone else to feed our souls in the, and, and, you know, codependency is unhealthy. It's natural to depend on people. You know, that's what we come from. Like we're, we're tribe people and connection is really important. And in order to have true connection, we have to be able to be vulnerable, but 
ultimately, when you have a life that you love and you're doing all the things in that that make you happy, you're a whole person. And we can accept people into it and we can share that. And if they go, of course, there's going to be sadness, but your life is still your life and that will go on with or without the people who choose to be in it. And sometimes it's hard and then you just, you know. Like yeah, you said, it, it changes, doesn't it? It, it is tough for a while, but changes. There, is, there is light at the end of the tunnel always. So we talked about how we talk to ourselves and how we talk to others as well. But the questions that we ask ourselves is, is a big thing rather than just the jibber jabber that's going on in the back of our head, just, but actually asking yourself the right questions. Not, I, I like to think of it instead of changing, um, changing from asking how to, uh, sorry, changing, yeah, changing to asking how instead of why. So why has this happened to me? Why am I in this position? Why doesn't that work? Instead of saying, how can I get out of this? How can I improve my situation? And that changes things a lot. Just, just that, yeah, one, so, that one word. Yeah, so I think it's looking for solutions instead of like, again, it's that dwelling thing, isn't it? Are you going to dwell on what is or are you going to progress to what you want? And I think when you make, uh, Maria Folio says this, um, she says, make isness your business or something along There's those lines. Sorry? Make isness your business. So it's like the power of now, isn't it? It's when you accept yourself now from where you are then you can create and bring about the change that you want. So right now, it is what it is. Whatever it is, whatever it was is gone. Whatever you wanted it to be, it isn't. It is what it is. So when you have that complete acceptance for this moment, whatever that moment is, and you can completely... And, and that isn't so easy because our minds are constantly programmed, well, if I'd done this better, or if I hadn't done this, or if I'd been here, and if I'd gone there, and like, stop. Stop all those crazy questions. Yeah. It is what it is. It is what it is. It can be whatever you want it to be as long as you make those progressive te steps to get there. Yeah, we'll, we'll come to that in because we're going to do a part three. We'll come to that in part three. But um, quieting in your mind and listening to your heart a lot more makes, I, I know from my own experience, that's made a big difference because even though I've made decisions that made sense, there's something there that tells me at the time it's not right. And when you look back in hindsight, which is perfect, you know, and you think, I had that feeling. I knew that wasn't the right thing to do, but you didn't action it. You went with your head because your head says, this is the sensible thing to do. Going there and doing that job and getting paid 30, 40 grand a year, that's the sensible thing to do. Going out running your own business is ridiculous. Why would you want to do that? But it's, it's, that's what wakes me up with a passion. Doing my job. If I went to work with someone else, if I earned 60, 70 grand a year, I'm not happy. I'm, I'm a miserable sod. But doing, doing my own thing, talking to you, I'm happy. Shall I tell you something really funny? Go for it. So last week I had this ingenious idea that I was going to get a job. I went and I did a week trial for this job. And um, I knew, I knew that it was the wrong thing for me, but it was an awful lot of money and I wanted the money. And then I just, I was having this internal fight with myself. It's like, Kirsten, you cannot chase money. I mean, of course, like everyone's going, you know what, Chris, this is an amazing opportunity. This is an amazing job. Like it's very well paid. You're going to do great. This is, you know, this is what you should do. And there's like my internal nurse was screaming, don't do it. And I, I have got good at listening to my gut. There are so many times when I've ignored it, but you're so right. You have to turn into that instinct of even if it sounds crazy to the complete rest of the world, even if all logic is saying don't be foolish, like follow the path, follow the yellow brick road, follow the safe path, do the normal thing. And um, yeah, I, I, I didn't take it. Um, 
And there's still part of me that's like, oh, you're so silly, you should have done that, or that was an amazing opportunity. But I really do know deep down that it would have been a backward step. And yeah, it's just really sometimes hard to listen to your gut instinct. Do you know what that gut instinct are? It's like our, our subconscious knows what to do even when our conscious mind doesn't catch up. And there is no there is no logic to it. It's, it's subconscious. It's, it's visceral. Is that the word? I don't even know if that's a word, but I feel like it's, it's, it's visceral. visceral. Yeah, yeah. visceral. Kissy's making up words now. Yeah. Okay. Just, just, claim, just claim it's Welsh. We'll, we'll just believe yeah. that. Yeah, we'll roll with it's a Welsh word. <laughs> the made up Kissy Welsh word. <laughs> but yeah, well, well done for not taking the job because yeah, maybe, <laughs> maybe if you took the job, you wouldn't be sitting here talking to me now. So <laughs> True. It's, good. it's good listening to your gut because like I said in hindsight we can all do it but to actually have the, the the nuts to do it there and then is is tough and it's it goes against everything your head's telling you to do which is even harder and I am quite um I am quite in tune now I think I haven't been previously but I'm quite good at saying what I think saying what I feel and kind of just rolling with it whatever happens I'll just accept it and move on if it's not if it doesn't work out how I want now but yeah sometimes I have to remind myself to be brave to be courageous and like whatever happens you've just followed your heart yeah I'm a heart not a head person really yeah I don't think you can go wrong if you follow your heart I, I really don't it, like you said it knows what to do most of the time nearly all the time so <laughs> stick, stick to that. Chat in five years time and see if it's, see if it's, it's true <laughs> right because because we talked about um, dog food and stuff at the start of this episode, we're going to come back for another one um, just to squeeze in everything else that we want to talk about. So thanks again. And we'll You're see, you, Thank see you, so much. you again next week. Take care. So we talk about mindset shifts, um, not just in this podcast, but in a lot of the episodes. And we've talked there about negative self-talk, what we say to ourselves, the questions we ask ourselves. So here's here's a little test for myself as well. This is the end of part two with Kirsten. We've got part three coming up in two days. Again, if you listen to this as, as they go out, this is a Wednesday. So part three with Kirsten is coming up on Friday. I could have talked to her for a lot, lot longer. Um, I wish I had. I wish I'd kept her on the, on the video feed for a little bit longer and, and talked a lot more. Because I believe she has so much information to give you and, and she's she's a lovely person, gets it across really, really well. So the mindset shift here is part three coming up, could be really sad about that. You know, it's it's the last one of the week, it's the last episode with Kirsten, but we're not going to be sad. We're going to be super, super happy that coming up in two days time, we get to hear from Kirsten again. So there's your little mindset shift there. Do you see it? Just the difference in the way you talk to yourself, the way you look at things makes a big difference could be low could be sad instead we're really excited we're looking forward to two days time when we get to hear from her again so if you haven't done it already guys you know the drill go over subscribe in itunes you don't want to miss it it's going to be another awesome episode have a great couple of days free up your friday free up 30 minutes get your lunch break free on friday so you can sit down take your earphones to work so you can listen to this podcast episode with kirsten davis that's episode 33 coming your way in two days time take care guys and we'll speak to you again soon 